Welcome back to Men of the Machine. I'm Kevin. I'm DJ. And let's just pretend I was I was I didn't know that this was a thing that happened on podcasts, but some podcasts do seasons. Right. You know, yep. TV seasons esque thing. Actually, I think System Mastery is where I saw that first, or or Expounded Universe, or Movie Mastery. They don't do seasons. Someone but... someone did. Well, no, you're right. Expounded Universe does do seasons because they break their books up into seasons. So so that might have been what did it to me. Let's just pretend that the last three months, uh, July, August, September, October, the last three months was uh mid was a was a end of season break and this is season two of man and the machine They're okay two and a half year long seasons with a three month break it's just it's a totally accurate timing well, wasn't season one the patrick times so season two was the, the post patrick times if we wanted to season I three i think i never really missed time but there was a change in, in script mm. which these aren't I mean, come on if you ever thought these were scripted but anyways <laughs> The, the, we did switch, okay, I'll take that. So let's say this is season three, and the only thing separating this from season two was the break. Yeah, that's fine. So basically what had happened was we did Halloween in July, which came after a little break as well of about a month. That's kind of a holiday special, except it doesn't yeah. coincide with a holiday at all. Yeah, Letterkenny does that. They do holiday specials that come out like mid-break between seasons. Mm-hmm. That's what that was. We did Halloween in July, and then... During that, I got, uh, when we finished that, I should say, it was like uh, August at work, I was, I, I don't remember what we were talking about, but I was getting hyped. I was getting really excited about podcasts for some reason. Right. I, I don't remember. I think we were talking about what we could do for Halloween in July. Yes. And I was like, oh, and we could do Easter in, in November, whatever. And I was getting really <laughs> hyped up in my mind. But point is, didn't go anywhere. Never did anything with it. And that's actually okay. Um, those kind of things. Halloween in July works now, I think, especially this last time. The first time was kind of a mess because it happened impromptu, but this last time we were like, we're doing it again, right? And everybody was determined to make it work. I think impromptu ones are a lot harder, especially with all of us and how much scheduling we have with D&D uh-huh. and the pets and, and, you know, yada yada, that, you know, having that, that strict scheduling with Halloween in July worked just because of what it was. The tradition. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to stick to a tradition. It's very hard to create a new one. Yes. But that's not the point. The point is that after doing that, I got really excited about podcasts and I stopped. And for a while there, I was contemplating just canceling my SoundCloud. But if I stop paying my SoundCloud, I lose all of my back episodes that are on there. That sucks. I, I don't lose them. I keep them on the hard drive. I've never deleted anything. Right, but, but they, they would no longer be on the internet. Exactly, and it would be a pain in the ass to find a different one, upload them to them, resync it to iTunes, resync it, you know, yada yada, and then everybody's feeds would drop off. It wouldn't know that the same title was active for both, and mm-hmm. it would be a pain in the butt. So I was like, you know what, I'll keep, I'll, I'll keep paying it, whatever. And then, months after that, me and uh, Albert are talking at work, and I came up... Uh, it was a Wednesday. Actually, oh, fun fact. Let me let me fill that in because that might come up in the future when me and you do podcasts. Okay. At work, we have a silly nonsense rule that if you harass the chat uh, with with song lyrics irrelevant to what's going on and or blind post them when nobody's talking, uh, you prompt a filibuster, which is when DJ will tell everybody about a video game, depending on the person that caused the infraction, in excruciating detail. In, in very, very deep excruciating detail, which, by the way, Death Stranding comes out next week. 
When it that does. game, when you officially finish that game, that needs to become somebody's filibuster because I am very, we were talking about it at work today, I got very excited, but <laughs> uh, point is, today was much like the day that I'm leading into the story to start this episode. Actually, well, we'll get there. Me and Albert get to, right, I get to work today, it's Wednesday, usually all of us, Jake, uh, DJ, Craig, myself, and Kyle all take Wednesdays off usually. So if, uh, and Albert uses a rotating day off, so he's usually there. So, on days like today, when any one of us shows up, it's like, oh, God, there's someone here. Oh, there's someone to play with. Like, I, you know, that's what, I'm being Albert right there. <laughs> oh, wait, you know, oh, I got someone to interact with. I don't have to sit here and listen to Ben and Omar all day. So, we were chatting today, and, and at some point it came up, you know, oh, no one can stop us from singing song lyrics. So, 90% of today was just song lyrics. Just being idiots because we could. Okay, yeah. It, it wasn't yeah. even, and so in that same vein weeks ago i went in on a wednesday i think i was flexing for one of the many many things i do and we were we were flexing a week so i had wednesday off and me and albert were sitting there talking about comic books and he said something and it prompted me to create this character that i actually really liked okay and so i reached out to one of my buddies kevin cardinal i told albert we should do it i told you we should do it and basically scheduling anyone to come over is the hardest thing in the world, not because of them, but because of me. I never know when I'm going to flex a week. The end of the year is holiday central, so we're flexing our weeks for work just by default. We had Columbus Day and then Veterans Day coming up. We had Comic-Con and yada yeah. yada. So it's just really hard to do. I mean, we could try and do it on the holiday. But... Totally. But usually, uh, this last one in specific, my wife also had the holiday off. So, you know, right. she was like, well, why don't we go do this? And yeah, it's fine, but it, it's really hard to, to plan these things. So anyways, I put it off for about a month, and now we're here. But before we get into that story, I I wanted to ask you, so I, I wrote, did you know Craig and I have a pen pal thing at work? Uh, no, I don't. I actually so, don't know about I that. I don't know when he did it, but he did a, um, it's like, it's, it's just some notepad in his folder, his X drive. Sorry about the dog barking, but that's going to happen a lot. There, there's a folder in there, and I just one day, like a year ago, went into it and was like, you know, hey, Craig, uh, your secret admirer. Like a, a dumb thing you know I would do. Okay. And like two months later, all of a sudden there's a random Word document in my X drive folder. <laughs> that says, uh, you know, uh, it's a rebuttal. And he says, I know, you know, he knew it was you. So we've gone back and forth on that a bunch. <laughs> In the most recent one, I explained my trip to Comic-Con, which was at the beginning of October. And I was lucky enough to convince you and Jake that it was both worth going to. Mm -hmm. So before we get into our comic creation, don't get it twisted. That's what this episode's about. It's comic creation. But how better of a way to jump into it than New York City Comic-Con 2019? Did you enjoy yourself? Oh yeah, it was a great time. We saw some cool panels. We uh That was pretty much most of the That was pretty much what we did. Well so that's We walked around New York a bit, which I always love doing. Yeah. New York's great. We went back and got those tacos. I'm We did. Still my, I've realized why the dog's barking. Jake's downstairs with the laundry. So there's uh, no one over there. Um I realize or not realize, I do believe that those are maybe the best tacos I've ever had in the in the East Coast. Um and potentially the best tacos I've had in my life because the ones that I actually call the best tacos in my life I had when I was like 12. So it's hard to tell. So it's hard to tell. If I, unless I go back there, chances are that little shop doesn't exist in Mexico anymore. Or No, it wasn't quite Mexico. It was in, it was in Texas still. Um, 
Chances are they don't exist anymore and I'm screwed. But those tacos are so good. But Comic-Con, it's expensive, all right? It was 220 bucks. Yeah, yeah. There's 190,000 people shoved into a building that maybe should support 100,000. They even had overflow to, like, areas, like, there was a theater that was co-opted by it. I think there was some stuff at Madison Square Garden. they do that every year. MSG is the big one, um, and Hammerstein Ballroom's the second big one. But they also do events at local places. Like, so this year, for example, DC Universe, they, I'm not unconvinced, they definitely just rented an Airbnb. And we showed up, and there's people, and you go up two flights of stairs, you're on the third floor, and there's this room that's just white brick with DC stuff hanging on the walls, and they're giving you whatever. You know, they're, they're living it up for Comic-Con. But I'm 100% convinced it was just an Airbnb. Huh. Hey, we got a two-bedroom Airbnb. Let's see what we can fit in there. We'll give... That was... Remember I told you we got breakfast? Oh, yeah, yeah, you had breakfast there every day. Yeah, and it was great, but it was also... Whatever. Whatever works. But they use other buildings. They do. But it's incredibly packed. It's in the busiest city in the world. It's It's incredible. Would you go again? Did you have good enough time to go? I did have a good enough time to go again. I think if I went again, there are a few things I'd probably want to do differently. Right. Well, let me get... I want to ask you about that in a second. What really shocked me is we are going to PAX East in uh, March. Yes. So hyped. I've never been... A lot of my friends go. I'm, I'm really excited. I was incredibly shocked to hear that that was the same price as Comic-Con. It, it, the difference between PAX East and Comic-Con right. is that Comic-Con is naturally focused on comics as its industry. Yeah. And, and movies, and comic book stuff. Yes, and right. PAX is focused on video games as its industry. So you'll still see like as much like industry professionals and yeah. like big names in video games, but... Is it a... Is it a- like, is there panels and stuff? Yes. Oh, there is? There is. Of what? People who made a game? Oh, yeah. And sometimes they're, like, big companies, too. Like, uh-huh. you can get, like, a panel where it's, like, Capcom talking okay, about so Resident it's Evil, stuff like that. Like how I went to see Tom King talk about Batman. It's kind of the same uh-huh. thing. Okay. You'll see less... Um, like, it is it is more focused than Comic-Con. One thing that people talk about a lot is that Comic-Con's kind of exploded into this... Like, it started comic-focused, and right. now it's just, like, general pop culture. And sometimes not even just nerd culture. Like, Dude. you'll see... You'll see ads for, like... The biggest like booth... Like, primetime dramas that are not nerdy at all. was a Geico ad, a booth. Yeah. And it's just Geico pulling you up like, hey, you like Iron Man? Come check him out and sign up for our insurance. And you're like, this takes up a, a, a four times the size of an average booth in the middle of the convention center? What the frig? Yeah, that's that's one hundred percent a real thing, and yeah. it's kind of sad. Um, they, you know, comic. Well, you saw while you were there. This is my biggest issue every year, and it gets smaller and smaller. This year was very similar to last year, but that year gap between the year before was dramatic. Comics are like the four or five right aisles. You've got artists and comics, comics and artists, artists and comic, comic, and even then you have mixed in pop figures and video games. But once you go past like the fifth aisle to the left. You know, you've got the big anime booth, the big video game booth, the big Marvel booth, the big Warner Brothers booth, not even DC, the Warner's Brothers booth. You know, you have, uh-huh. you know, these video game, uh, like, uh, manufacturers and, and Konami booth and yada yada, and you're like, well, this isn't comic books. I mean, I get it, it's nerd culture, but it's not comic books. Yeah, like, first it ballooned to just general nerd culture, and then it ballooned to just... Culture? Culture <laughs> stuff. <laughs> It's just stuff, just advertisements, really. That was like, and no offense towards this at all, but like the Angel panel, for example. You're like, what is this? They do Angel comics now. But you're like, 
why do we need to see i'm sure it was great for jake and yada yada why do we need to see a 15 year old show cast just show up to say hi to their fans like that's not really i mean angel is pretty big in nerd culture no no no. it is i'm not saying it's not nerd culture i'm saying that when you say comic-con a tv show from 15 years ago the cast just showing up not even announcing anything just showing up as like a major event is kind of like all right like terrificon for example i was blown away that that con, it's small. It's, it's a little expensive still, but it's small. But it is 100% like comic books from end to end. There's toys and there's movies, but I mean, it's, it's all the panels were about comic creators. All the booths were local shops selling books to you. Like I was blown away because all I thought of was comic cons, like what we're saying, these culture shocks, these big in your face entertainment cons is more or less what they are. Yeah. It's kind of cool. PAX is extremely video game focused. It's just like right on there. Boom. I mean, there's also like, you know, computer stuff. You'll see booths for like, right. you know, custom building computers and hardware and stuff oh, like that. But You know what we can do at Comic-Con this year? Not at, sorry, re, re, refresh. You know what we can do while we're out there for PAX East this year? What? We can go to the micro center outside of Boston. Yeah. Whether we do it on our way there or back. That would be legit, because I've been talking about building a computer forever, but I was waiting to do a group, me and Jake have been talking about doing a group trip, trip out to the Micro Center. It's freaking double up. Okay. We're all going to be out there. You can get a new hard drive for your computer or whatever. I don't care. It'd be sweet. You can find some good deals on components at PAX, too. Thursday is really? again the day to walk the floors. Really? <laughs> okay. Excuse me. No, you're fine. So we can, okay. I never even thought about buying stuff there. I assumed that walking in, it would be like... Uh, video game booth, try this. Video game booth, try this. There's a lot of that. Video game sellers, and then... There are definitely video game sellers as well. And that's about it. That's about all I got. But yeah, no, like, you could find people selling, like, keyboards and mouse and stuff. And, okay. You know, Neat, like, um... Headphones. That might be a place I get, like, a con-exclusive mouse or something. If they have them. Or, it's like not it... con, packs exclusive. Yeah, it's like video games, then, like electronics are the next thing down right. and you might find some people selling like i don't know like craig was able to buy some of the some of the role-playing books he's got they had a little booth for that there right. so there, there's some of that stuff no, that'd be, i've seen a lot of the D stuff i really want to buy like a nice dice set for honestly i don't need it but i want to buy one and just be cool to have and i've seen that at all the cons i'm mean, like even that stuff though like tabletop gaming still gaming yes so. yo okay good point i never even thought about it. Do they have like a sick solitaire player there playing card games like a boss? <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, there probably is that guy, but yeah. he's probably not associated with the con. World's best free sell He's probably player. just some guy sitting in a line just... <laughs> well, we're not talking about gaming, so we're talking about comics. Let's finish Comic-Con <laughs> up really quick. So we went all four days. Uh, we saw The Joker, which was... I was talking to Greg today. I want that movie to come out because I want to... I don't re-watch stuff, and I'm like itching to rewatch that movie i feel like i would probably be less charitable to that movie on a rewatch i probably. think a lot of what i liked about it was the fact that it was a good theater experience it was and so it we, was we went to the Al, uh draft house alamo, alamo draft house oh yeah. alamo draft house in uh, brooklyn wonderful theater um patrick was telling me about it i looked up apparently the people who made that theater which explains why our front row was as good as it was were people were cinephiles obsessed with audio and hated the movie going experience mm -hmm. and and what i mean by the reason why that makes sense to me now is we only tickets available when we decided to go were the very front row far left side or right side we chose left whatever mm -hmm. 
It was like the equivalent of maybe the fifth row in a movie theater, like at a Regal. Yeah. It, it was not a first row. It was not a front row. There's just a all. lot of empty space before the screen. Right. And they have people walking that you can get food and drinks at your desk. But the point is, like, I think, you know, the people who made it, you can you can Google it and, and figure out and learn about these people. People who made it were like, there's no reason why any seat in a theater should be uncomfortable or negative. Because that's going to affect the way you watch the movie. Mm-hmm. So they built this this way. It was wonderful. That theater was awesome. And unfortunately, we went during a time when uh, extreme security measures were in place at every theater because someone was going to shoot up a, a showing of the Joker, which thank God never happened. Mm-hmm. But anyways, so we did come, we did food, we got General Tso's chicken and waffle, which was, you got that, right? No, me and Pat got it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually glad that I didn't go for that yeah. because I feel like that, like, I know what General Tso's chicken is, you know. Yeah, it was good. But it was a homemade General Tso's, which... I don't know the difference between homemade and 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 like a Chinese restaurant. It's just that well, 95%. unlike what you would get at a Chinese restaurant, uh, your your general sauce was they were like uh, like bone in like chicken oh, breasts. It was full they? fried chicken. Oh yeah, yeah it, was, it was it was full fried chicken that was tossed in a general sauce, mm-hmm. not cooked like general sauce chicken. But anyways, that was really good. We got those tacos we were talking about and whatnot, but. Con next year, let's say you chose to go again. What would you do a little bit differently? Because this year was just pure panels. I would not have split it up so that half of us were in an Airbnb in Brooklyn and the other half were in a hotel in Manhattan. Next year will be different. I don't know if I want to stay in that hotel again. I'm not saying we all should be in the same room, but like being in the same hotel is probably a good idea. Being closer would also be... like. I mean, Brooklyn was fine, but... No, Brooklyn... It, the only issue with that was how far of a train ride you had to you had to prep your day, both going right. home and leaving in the morning. And our Airbnb had like a no guests policy, so it's not like that we had a place where we could all come back to and be like, oh yeah, yeah. how did how did you do like you know decompress about the day? Like, oh, did you see this? Um, right. I saw this and this was great, and tell right. our stories. And instead, like at the end of the day, we're just like, all right, see ya. Yeah, I do, and that is half of going home. You know when I. Got back to the room, me and Pat are like, oh, today this was cool. And did you like this? And, and yada, yada. And yeah. That was the best part. And also for me personally, which is why I um, was so salty after the end of con. For me, getting back to the room and showing the stuff I bought, that's like Christmas. Yeah. That's like, look at this. Did you see this? Look at this. Like, I'm so excited. All my books, actually, they're still stacked up behind me over there. I, I haven't even, I have no shelf space. <laughs> Is that why you got so mad at Jake for not buying anything? A, a little bit. It's like the <laughs> the excitement of of being able to share the day other than, because you, you did share the moments. Mm-hmm. That, you're never going to be without. We went to most of the same panels, at least the ones we cared the most about. Mm-hmm. But the things I bought have a, a much more personal flair that I can try to tell you on the floor, but you were on that floor. Incredibly crowded, incredibly loud, and incredibly musty. Like, mm-hmm. I can't talk to you about why uh, Batman Black Mirror was so important that I picked up. I can't really do that, but when we get back to the room, uh-huh. that, that's when we can have that personal yeah. engagement. Not yeah, and we didn't get that. Because exactly. Of- so next year... Uh, we'll be better. I mean, I, I'm going to go every year. So, um, And now that you've, uh, you're under Kevin Cardinal's thing, you'll want to make an account in case you want, uh, so you don't have to be Kevin Cardinal every time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because that way I don't have to go through him to get his email. Um, but the point is, um, 
so that's one thing. Would you do anything else? I mean, did you enjoy the amount of panels you went to, or would you? I did, that up? and uh, like honestly, I we we didn't stay together for a lot of the con. That's actually okay. Yeah, no, that was that's... good because because when we got back together, there was like a exactly. reason. There was like. We're together. Let's walk this. It wasn't like, oh, we're still walking. It also kind of gives us all the freedom to check out our own stuff. In the end, we've all checked out more stuff than we would have if we all stayed together. Yeah, no. The same thing. Without a doubt. I mean, you guys got to go see a bunch of panels I wouldn't have been to. I got to see panels by myself. I went to the Marvel panel entirely by myself because uh, Patrick was at a wrestling one. And you guys were at, I think you were at Avatar and Jake was at something. I went to the Castlevania thing by myself. That might have been that time. We were, literally all four of us were in different panels. Uh Uh-huh. And I got to see Marvel, which was the only one I cared about. Like, don't get me wrong, if I was in, let's say it was the Castlevania for you, let's say it was the Angel for him, which I know it wasn't, you were there for that, but, and it was the wrestling. Don't get me wrong, I'd have had a good time. It would have been cool to see those things, but we all got to see our own things, and then the goal would be, get back to the hotel, and tell you about how awesome it is that Donny Cates is writing Thor. Instead, (laughs) it was like... Yeah, Donny Cage is writing Thor. Okay, let's go get food. I don't know. It was. I mean, we could talk a little over dinner, but it's not the same. Exactly. Like, it's not the same as being in a hotel, having a few beers. And And you're also still talking about dinner, where you're going after, where you're, you know, like, is there anything nearby? Like, you're not Mm -hmm. focused on that recapping. So, no, that's that's a total... I'm in full agreement that next year, the year after, whenever we do it again, it should be prioritized that we're all relatively together. I'm, I'm with you on that. This year was the weakest year for panels so far. It mm. did not have any of them really, really big. Last year had like three or four massive Netflix announcements with like the, um, uh, what was her name? Uh, Bu- uh, 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 Sabrina. It had Stranger Things announcements or some bullshit. Oh yeah, as far as announcements go, there yeah. wasn't a whole lot I I guess, announced. I saw the Hellboy. That. I saw Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse panel. John Wick 3. Like these massive announcements from all these big companies. This year it was like, all these shows that are super, which I'm okay with, super fan orientated. That's what got the spotlight. You know, Avatar got a reunion. Angel got a reunion. Yu Yu Hakusho got a reunion panel that was pretty big hype. <laughs> um, uh, Joe Hill's brand new line on DC uh, Hill House Comics, which isn't a big release, but it got like four panels. You know, it was very fa- to its credit, it was very fan orientated. It felt like this year. I really liked that. Usually, it's. Uh, the Daredevil panel makes four hours of your day because everyone's in line trying to get into it. Wasn't quite like that this year, and I appreciated that. They did a good job with the lines, the way they had like the uh, the scan-ins. And... This has been the trend, so two years now, three years now this has been going, but the f- four years ago it was a um, wristband system. That was terrible. So shitty. Didn't work. People would lose them, complain, lie about not having them. It was a mess. But yeah, the, the badging, uh, the, the RFID chips in your thing, all that's pretty pretty good. I, I'm happy with it. I mean, as far as announcements go, the best panel we went to, I think, for announcements was probably the Dragon Prince. That was a big one. Uh, my, my favorite announcement panel was the Marvel panel because they announced about four new books with new writers. Or, you guys were there for that, the Dawn of X panel... That was massive. The Dawn of X panel was awesome. The X-Men, Jonathan Hickman, even though he wasn't there. That was massive for me. But yeah, Dragon Prince was big. Jake's really liking that show. I haven't watched it yet because I promised I would hold off. Uh, We did a podcast a month ago about now. Uh Uh-huh. About the Dragon Prince on the Get Bent podcast that DJ does. I think that future episodes of the Dragon Prince will also be on that podcast. But they'll be like listed as... 
separate episodes. Yeah. It'll probably be like midweek drops, but that would be really cool. Yeah. So I'm saving. I'm saving myself. But we'd have to. Yeah, we'd have to to watch, and that's not what we're here to do today. Exactly. Um. So I, I like that panel. I know everybody liked it. The uh, uh, Seis Manos. I haven't watched it yet. I'm. That was awesome. That wasn't even an announcement panel. That was just a, hey, this is a thing you might not have noticed, but it already then, exists. Why were we in there? We were in there because we wanted to see the panel after it. Which was... Um, I'm trying to remember. I remember the room. I remember which room we went into for it, but I can't remember the panel we stayed for. Uh, it wasn't the Chris Claremont X-Men one, was it? It was the Chris was Claremont X-Men. X-Men. Yeah, that's what Jake just yelled. It was X-Men. Yeah, he just said it was X-Men. So, yeah, that one... That that's a show that came out like a few days before. It was made by Robert Rodriguez's cousin. The guy who voices Lucio in Overwatch was one of the main characters, and it was an Mexican anime that none of us had ever even cared to think of. And that was probably the best fucking panel we went to. Almost. Yeah, that was like, a good panel. It was awesome, and they showed us a whole episode, and that was one thing that and that was a show that was already out, and we just right. it like kind of had flown under our radar. So. Right, and it was it only been out since Thursday. So we went to that panel on Saturday. Yeah, so, so we were at Comic-Con by the time it came out. Right. So. And that was awesome. It was, it was, yeah, that was a really great panel. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed almost every panel I went to. I don't think there was anyone I would consider a waste. I bought awesome books. I got like this, I was a super sought after copy of uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths that was really rare and hard to find. And I'm really happy I got. And, uh... Bear, shirtless bear fighter. There, what what more could that. you want? Yeah, you didn't get that. I actually did read about that later, and apparently it's a really good comic. Okay. From what I read, like, <laughs> apparently it's really, I bought it. Yeah, but I bought it because good. a lot of those booths there do the like, each book $7, or buy three for $15. you are like, oh, I want the deal. So I had two books in my hand. Might as well get the third. So I just, it, it's goofy. It's a dude in blue jeans, without a shirt, obviously, without shoes on, just... And it's called Shirtless Bear Fighter. I thought that was funny. I googled it. Turns out it's kind of awesome. And the reviews online are really good of it, so I'm excited. Okay. But anyways, solid half hour burn. Let's get into comic creation. My plan wasn't to take that long, but live and learn. So, here's how this is going to work. I, uh, I have my own story. You have your own story. And then I have... Uh, do, do you remember from... I think Jeff, Jeff and I have talked about it a few times on here. Rocky Danielson, our superhero, uh, who uh, I don't want to give away too much in case I get to talk about it later. Okay. Do you remember that at all? Have I talked about it? Uh, we did it on our own podcast. Yeah, I, I, I don't remember that. We don't. We didn't do it much on, on Men of the Machine, but um, we will. So anyways, I have another one at the end. Do you want to start or do you want me to start? I think I wa- would like to start because I don't think mine's very good. I think you... Like, you've been talking up yours. You've been thinking I'm, about this I'm for a while hyped. and you put a lot of thought into it. Mine's kind of like, uh... Yeah. Here's the thing. So so that's what happened at, at work. Albert said one stupid thing and we just went with it. And I, we ended up typing for like a good half hour back and forth about it. So here's, here's how this is going to go down. So we're going to tell the story. You can do that however you so choose. Pick your character. Pick your whatever. I mean, not pick. You have it. I'm saying, like, introduce it. And then as we say something, we'll kind of bounce back and forth until we fleshed out a story. Okay. You remember our, our, our sweet one with the drawing, how we work. Yeah, the names from a hat. That's how we're going to work it. Because admittedly, I'm missing a few details of what me and Albert came up with for our character. So um, I'll, we'll fill it in and we'll create something totally new. It's going to be great. So yeah, we'll start with yours. Okay. So there's a joke I've heard about in the comic books industry amongst writers. Everyone has a Batman pitch in their back pocket. 
I have the greatest Batman pitch of all time in my back pocket. Oh, I decided that I would try my hand. Here's my Batman pitch. Okay. 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 So, I'm I'm just going to I'm not going to bury the lead on this one. I'm just going to okay. go ahead and say this is this is what I want to accomplish with this. Okay. I want Batman as he is now in right. modern continuity, right, to team up with the 1960s Adam West Batman. Multiverse. Yes, it could be an uh, what is DC What If or Elseworlds? Elseworlds. DC's Marvel's Elseworlds. It could be an Elseworlds. Okay, okay. Well, so Multiverse has a lot of play in this standard continuity, especially with Doomsday Clock. Doomsday Clock is like... And, uh-huh. and Dark Knight's Metal, th- those are both taking the Multiverse and just being like, anything can happen. So that's, that's a pretty good time to do something like that. But the idea is that we take Batman as he is now, and, you know, Batman's definitely gone in a much darker, more, like, contemplated, like, sort of navel-gazing direction. Right, right. And, like, this Batman might be, you know, having a bit of a crisis of faith. Like, is it okay. all worth it? Am, am I... You, you you showed me... I read that one comic, Am I Enough? Like, that, oh, that kind of Batman. Oh, the, um... The, uh... Was that the Bane one? No. No, that was uh, the one that was a bunch of uh, short stories about Batman. Uh, class files or classified files. Yeah, it was something like that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, 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 yeah. That's the same one that has Batman. That I remember that. I made you read the specific issues. That was the same one that had Batman. Um, he had like the special kryptonite that turned him into Superman, uh-huh. like platinum kryptonite or some bullshit. Where if you touched it, you got the powers of a Kryptonian. I remember now. Okay. Anyways, continue. Yeah. So, uh, I want that kind of like darker contemplative batman who's maybe just a little depressed maybe a little bit self-doubting like is it worth it am i enough that's actually perfect for tom king's batman that's going on right now i want him to meet the adam west batman i don't know how exactly i'd contrive it could be a multiverse thing okay and i want the story to be like obviously it's going to be a little lighthearted because adam west batman is kind of a goofy character who you know climbs sideways on buildings and, right uh, i mean you could eventually uh you could you could make uh if you didn't want to go full comic relief you could make a current shitty batman not shitty as in a bad written but shitty as in like down on his luck like the point isn't to shit on current batman no no, no but you could use his grim outlook to kind of pull adam west down as opposed to because whenever you have like those two really dynamic personalities one is working to lift the other or one's working to break down you could go in the breakdown way that well no the idea is i'd want them both to learn something from each other is okay. kind of the thing okay um like I, I i would want them they could fight a team up of like current joker and caesar romero joker that would also be pretty well, great i mean if you're gonna have like two timed two timeline versions of batman you gotta or you or you you know keep your you can take anywhere from the rogues gallery really i want the focus to be more on batman than the villain he's fighting though well so but like they would they would they would clash because they both have different ways that they'd want to approach whatever crisis they're trying so that's really important for picking the villain though certain villains do force you to focus on batman before the villain so like, and it could be Riddler. Riddler would actually be a good pick because Riddler. okay, okay, because Riddler puts a lot of the burden on Batman trying to figure out his yeah. stuff. Solve this and you riddle. Could, it could lead to a bunch of conversations with them both like disagreeing on the solution of a riddle that's especially vague. <laughs> that would be over the top campy, but in a good way. Yes, mm-hmm. I mean it's definitely going to be campy in some yeah. way. 
but like at the end, I also want it to be kind of like contemplate. Like I want there to be like an air of melancholy about it. Like it's kind of sad that neither of them could quite turn out to be like what they want ideally. Okay. Which is a, a traditional Batman arc. It's it's he knows he's doing this forever. You know, mm. the goal of Batman is to clean up the city and solve all crime. The reality of Batman is. He's going to do this forever. There's too many villains. You're inspiring villains. You're just going to be punching people forever. Mm. So that'd be an easy trope to work in. I mm. like that. Uh, but you got to pick a villain. You got to hammer it down. I, I'm thinking the Riddler. You're a land- so what was... I'm trying to remember. I'm almost certain that the Riddler in the Adam West Batman was basically Jim Carrey's Riddler. They were almost the same Oh, they were. He was just a silly guy. Yeah, of course, he had like... Like, this isn't what you would think of as the Riddler now, but every villain in the the 60s Batman was basically just a crime boss with a bunch of henchmen that could, you so, could have silly fights with. Well, so to that degree, what if you took it one step further, and instead of doing exactly this version's villain and this and that version's villain, because this version's Riddler is fucked up. He carved a, 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 a question mark onto his chest with a knife, and like he's mm. killing people left and right. He's pretty intense. What if, this is my, my pitch to you on your pitch, you went with a different, multi-generational again, but completely out of the realm of what you know, like, let's say Adam West's Penguin, but also Danny DeVito's Penguin. Oh, you start bringing in, actually no, you I hadn't thought of that, like, more versus. I want to see more, like, I, I do want to see Batman interacting with different generations right. of Batman. Or um, um, the Batman, the animated series, is Mr. Freeze. Like, that guy mm. versus Arnold Schwarzenegger's Mr. Freeze. Not even close to the same guy. Actually, hold on. That would work kind of wonderful, because then you have Arnold Schwarzenegger's hilarious pun-induced nonsense versus campy Adam West, yeah. and incredibly grim, almost sympathetic Mr. Freeze from the animated series. Not almost totally sympathetic animated series mr freeze against like i'm down on my luck i'm not with the Catwoman i love downtrodden oh i am into that we can call it crisis of infinite batmans yeah it would be incredible <laughs> okay i love that and whether we do multiple films or not i don't even care anymore just start bringing in the most ridiculous like so for just example- characters that like versions of characters you'd want to see play out like you want to see like you you would probably want to see like i don't know Heath Ledger's Joker talking to Cesar Romero's Joker. Right. And then if we, if we wanted to get the sales, you could also specifically pick on the versions you don't like. Like, it would be so easy. Like, let's say that's going on, right? You have Heath Ledger's Joker. You have the animated series Dr. Freeze. All of the best versions. And then you have bat nipples and and jared leto's joker fighting in the background but no one's paying attention (laughs) like like they're totally it's a real fight you could even do panels of it being quote-unquote serious and then just like all of a sudden zoom out to what's actually going on no one cares that george clooney and jared leto are fighting because those characters don't matter like i i could picture like taking the piss out of even like beloved ones like have like I'm Batman. Have, like, Heath Ledger's Joker come up with, like, a super elaborate plan to rob a bank that involves killing off all of his henchmen, and Cesar Romero's just like, why? We could just go in there and take the money. All my henchmen could live. Uh, you could actually, great. You could kind of do that, like, a, almost like a Nickelodeon cartoon, like, Heath Ledger's getting really dark, yeah. and he's getting, like, really messed up, and then you show Heath Le- or, uh, Cesar Romero with the big money bags just yeah, like, rolling out. Exactly. Just like, I did it. Like, I don't know what you're doing, but I did it. <laughs> He's just walking out. <laughs> or you have, like, um, 
uh, uh, Mr. Freeze uh, from the animated series, like, crying about his wife, and then you have Arnold Schwarzenegger making a pun. <laughs> like, uh, you know, like, watch it, buddy. You're on thin ice. Or Chill out, dude. Yeah, chill out. I'm going to kick your ice. And then you're like... This is a big moment. Like, I miss my wife, man. Why are you doing this? Why are you like this? Oh, God. That would be so good. Have jokes about how Cesar Romero refuses to shave his mustache. (laughs) I I don't know if the Joker mustache is working for me. But you could even take it. So we're obviously doing the fun stuff. Like, scroll by Brooklyn and you see uh, Joaquin Phoenix dancing downstairs. I do want there to be some sad stuff. Well, so that's what I was going to say. You could take it also in a different direction. So, for example... Um, Scott Snyder's Joker, he, that scene, he removes his own face, and that's what most people know that Joker for. That Joker's whole thing is how him and Batman are, uh, uh, the exact same person. They are in love. They are the yin to each other's yang, you know, the, the six to the other nine, you know what I'm saying? They, one can, I think they did that in Christian Bale's, one can't exist while the other does, yada yada. Very Harry Potter and Voldemort. So anyways, that whole Joker's deal was how much he admired and hated the Batman, which they they used a lot in in Heath Ledger's, well, or vice versa. I don't remember which came first. So you could, if you wanted to take it sort of into that like brooding Batman, that dark, you want to kind of bring an underlying sort of weight to it. One of the things you could do is each person seeking out their equal on the other realm. So you have this big battle, right? This crisis of multiple, of infinite Batmans <laughs> against this crisis of infinite rogues galleries, right? Uh-huh. But because of how many iterations there are, you would never have like this symbiotic relationship. And what if that was like your underlying thing of finding purpose? Because you said that at the beginning. Batman's lost his purpose, but can't be I, Batman's happy. I think the big thing that I'd want to focus on is like the road not taken sort of thing. Like every mm. Batman is better at something because of the the path that their right. life went down. Christian but Bale, both they all have something out. that they regretted because right. they missed out on that, and that's something that another Batman has. Uh, okay, yeah. like maybe like modern Batman wishes that he could have kind of the fun that Adam West Batman's having. So, but... so is are you making? Kind of like into the Spider Verse did with Miles Morales. Are you making current Batman the focal point? Yes, current Batman would be the focus of the whole thing. Okay. The other Batmans would kind of come and go in and out. Right. Very. Interesting. I, I started with Adam West because he's the one I probably put the most thought into, and it's of the most their polarizing. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, you could also bring in um, uh, Frank Miller's Batman as a. Really oh, I definitely want to have like Frank Miller's the like that kind of yeah. really. That's a really good way to show current Batman, like, oh, you think you're lost? Yeah, that's so <laughs> yeah. way too far in the other yeah. direction. Like, shit got weird here. You're doing okay. Like, that would be a good one for that. Um, also, you have uh, things like... I'm trying to stick up. So comics have done a lot of cool things like Hush. You know the story of Hush? Hmm. It turned out it was his best friend from high school, that, or from pre-K or middle school. You know, when he, when he was a kid, that turned out to be a killer because he was never quite the Waynes. Um, that kind of stuff. Those Batmans are all similar. There has been an ongoing similarity in Batman Forever that he's just like... Uh, oh, oh, that's the perfect quote. Who came up with this? So Patrick told me this quote. Um, Superman loves that he's Superman. Oh, yes. Superman loves that he's Superman, but hate that he has to be. Batman hates that he's Batman, but loves that he has to be. It's It's the ongoing joke in Batman that, you know, like... 
His superpower is that, or I mean, his secret identity is Bruce Wayne, not the other way around. Mm-hmm. You know, sort of a thing. Um, wait. And there's that famous that uh, when he was put under the lasso of truth and asked what his name is, he said Batman and yeah, not Bruce Wayne. I'm Batman. And there's no way to fool that. Even Batman's not good enough to fool the lasso of truth. So that would prob- that would be an awesome way to keep the underlying going. Like, look at all these versions of Batman, but what's the similarity that they have to be them? The campy ones trying to find a good place to hide a bomb. The scary yeah. ones telling the person in their car that they're retarded. They're the goddamn Batman. The uh, <laughs> the worst line in Batman ever. Yes. The the sort of like fun, half-hearted, middle-of-the-road ones of like 90s comics where you just... You have like the people. animated series Batman where right. he's, he's kind of serious but kind of sad too. You have the scared Batman Beyond Batman where he realizes he almost used a gun. You have all those, but what's the common threat? Ooh, yeah, that's good. Ooh. I'm sure they've done that before to a degree, um, to some sort of level of, like... Um, I mean, there's multiverse things well, that have happened. Well, Kingdom Come and so, all that, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm sure there's definitely stories where a version of Batman has met a different version of Batman. Of course. I know that there's already, like, well, a Justice League Unlimited where Batman Beyond Batman meets Justice League right. Batman. I mean, so. and Batman... Actually, ooh, another good reason to put it with current continuity Batman... Dark Knight's Metal was all about, instead of taking the good things that come from Batman, the bad things. I've talked about Metal enough, but, you know, uh, the Red Death, uh, uh, Dawnbreaker, Merciless, all these Batmans, the the point of their stories, which just this event is still affecting the DC Universe because they're about to do um, the Batman Who Laughs big event. Those versions are, what if Batman took all of his worst features and went with it and it turns out he would destroy the entire world so on yours doing it in current continuity doing it multiverse style with all these uh, you could take you could end it on the exact opposite note what are all the very best things about batman and those could be what give the current downtrodden where do i belong batman the will to like that's exactly you know the like ending really I'd go yeah. for it he doesn't end it with like I've got to do this. He ends this with, like, I'm going to do this. Mm. Ooh, yeah, that would be good. Ooh, that'd be intense. I want to know. I'm going to look into that, because they have done... Grant Morrison, for example, did lots of multiversal Batman stuff. I'm, right. I'm going to look into that, uh, where that's happened in the past, and that could give you some good stuff to build off of. Mm-hmm. What would be... I mean, I feel like I also... The the problem I have with this pitch, I'd be the one to pitch it. I wouldn't want to be the one to write it. No. That's... I feel like you need to have... A writer or writers that have history with Batman as right. a character. So, for example... So they could make sure that all the different Batmans have the appropriate voice. Right. For example, I had no idea who Batmite was until I read <laughs> a review of um, Grant Morrison's Batman run. Apparently, he brought him back. Batmite was like a one-off in the 60s. It was like this little interdimensional Batman, like a Mr. Mitzelplick of Batman. Mm. And then Grant Morrison brought him back years later and made him a um, like imaginary friend. Like, Batman's going crazy and he envisions Batman. Okay. That's the kind of people you need writing your story. The ones who can take that old, awesome, wonderful data and and information and, like, one-offs and bring it to today and use it in this multiverse style. Which is unfortunately why it would also be very hard to actually get such a crossover off the ground because a lot of these people are now, like, very big names in comic. Just the price of getting all of these people in a room together. But also, like... the. A lot of these people are very, like, creatively strong-minded. Right. So having them all try to work together collaboratively would probably end up being less than ideal. You could do it with the right people, but it wouldn't be easy. It wouldn't be easy at all. Mm 
All right. That's a wonderful Batman story. I like that. Uh, but I have uh, just, 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 just three questions for you. Okay. The most important one is, does anyone die? I mean, it's multiversal, so technically... It's multiversal, so you could technically have free reign of that. Yeah. I would want to say no, though. Okay. Not even villains, just everybody kind of... Not, not Yeah, not even villains. It's more of a... Um... The story is more, like, upbeat in nature, so I don't want death to be a major focus right. of it. Okay, I can respect that. Two, who is... So you're going to have all these heroes and villains kind of interacting and doing awesome things from different mediums. Who is the under... What causes this? Like, what sparks the multiverse? Who who ruins stuff enough and or opens up the multiverse? The, this is the hardest thing There's there's lot. That's think. The beautiful thing about the DC is, I mean, even someone like The Flash can literally just run through universes. But Batman's villains tend to be more grounded. Of course, that's why you've got to... Like, that's what, why, yeah, getting this weird... What breaks it? Because I don't want to bring in things like outside of Batman. I don't want Superman involved in this. Right, okay. Which is tough to do, I mean, in comics in general. You can think you're reading the most down-to-earth Ant-Man comic, and all of a sudden Thor breaks through the roof, and you're like, what the... But that's the thing about this, because this one is supposed to be about Batman interacting with Batman. So if you bring... Like, you've already got a lot going on. If you start bringing other superheroes in, that just makes it... But what if... All right, and here's... I'm going to use a really good example of this. The Sandman universe, no one would ever say that was a crossover book. You know, a Sandman, the Ten Trades... Right, but it does... But it, it takes people that you wouldn't necessarily care about. For example... Uh, the first trade gives well, you, you Scott could, Free or whatever, so I was going to pitch Dr. Fate. You could use Dr. Fate, yes. That's who I was going to pitch. He does have control over like time shenanigans. He has and stuff magic like that. to the umpteenth. Um, a very common one that people go to is Constantine. You could definitely do something magic y with him. But I think Dr. Fate would be um, obscure enough to not detract from, like, oh, what do you know? The Superman is flying him to this. Or, oh, look, uh, do, uh, Dark Side is messing with things again. I feel like Dr. Fate could be behind the scenes enough to... He could also very much be the kind of person who's like, well, let's push this person over there and see what happens. Ooh, that would be an awesome way to tell the story. So do you know of um, Marvels or Kingdom Come? Uh, not, I mean, I know of it, but not... So like Marvels, until. for example, was... I don't remember the main writer's name, and Alex Ross... Um, they did this book where all these major events that have happened in Marvel over the last 40 years, what did that look like from the outside? You could tell that whole book as Dr. Fate being like, current Batman's going through some shit. How can we show him? How can can we inspire him? That would be cool. I mean, you'd still be first person from Batman. It would still be full Batman. But every now and again, you'd have a sort of the Watcher-esque approach. Okay. Here's where I can make things go. Here's how I can help. Which also could add an element of sabotage from one of the villains that figures it out. Because Grant Morrison's Joker, for example, he gave him super sanity. Right, he's fourth wall aware. He's he's fourth wall aware, but not like Deadpool. Like, look at what we've gotten into. He's fourth wall wall aware and like, I know what we're doing is, is omniscient and being watched. I can play with that. But I can also just let shit roll and get worse. Mm-hmm. So you could have that sort of um, crisis happen during the book of like Dr. Fate playing with it, Batman being the focal, learn from this, what is he going through, campiness of all this multiverse, and at the same time, X-Villain figures it out and tries to 
take down the entire thing. Maybe. Maybe I'm getting too big for my britches. I feel like I'm getting too big for my britches. I feel like a good way to start it might be to have current Batman in sort of, sort of conflict with Dr. Fate that maybe tempts him to start looking at like what might have happened in these other worlds and maybe he like makes Dr. Fate do it but then Dr. Fate tries to start taking control of it by Ooh, ooh you could make Dr. Fate a quote unquote villain in that. Yeah. He's not a villain. He has well intention, but he gets a little too forceful with Batman. And as which we is know, why things start getting crazy. And which as we know, Batman don't take being controlled. Ooh, that's good. There's no villain. The villain is just uh, overbearingness, kind of. Right. <gasps> Themes. We just put a theme on it. You could put that theme throughout the whole book, DJ. Mm. Oh, that would be good. Okay, I like that. I like that a lot. I don't remember my other questions. Okay. They don't matter. I got too caught up. I'm so sorry. That's a really good story. I would like that. Oh, I'm not going to say it's better than my Batman story because it's very obviously not. I'm the best, <laughs> but it's a very good story. I like that a lot. That would be a fun one to just write up at work sometime when we're not doing anything. Craig's busy. Jake's at a meeting and Kyle and Albert and Kyle are memeing. We could just talk about that. Okay. That would be a cool story. Okay. I love that. I love that. All right. Ready for my, my pitch? All right. All right, so this story, you know what? I'll get the, the main thing out of the way. I don't, I, I don't want this to be a what if, which as much as it may sound like it's going to be when I get into it, I want this to be a standard core Marvel story that we can build on. All right. So it's in the Spider-Verse, not exclusively to Sp No, 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 sorry. That doesn't sound right. It's in the Marvel Universe in Spider-Man's hometown. It's in Brooklyn, you know, Queens. You know, this is this is a New York story. This is not a Marvel story, but I'm not multiversing it. This is just what it is. Okay. And what we're going to do is we are... So is this 616? This is 616 Spider-Man. All right. He's doing his thing. Miles Morales lives wherever he is doing his thing. The Avengers are doing their thing. Everybody's happy. Well, suit comic books. But I want to create an entirely brand new character. So what we were talking about was... Uh, this would take place, I'm not exactly sure, I stopped reading current Spider-Man, it's written by Nick Spencer, it's fine, I know Patrick said it was decent, um, I stopped reading it because I didn't care, but you know how a lot Peter Parker works with Norm, with uh, Oscorp? Yep. Even when he finds out about Green Goblin, he still works for Oscorp a lot because the company and, and Norman become separate, yada yada. Right. So a lot of the time Oscorp is the core, that versus, what's the other one, um... There's another science company thing, whatever. Um, anyways, so it's it's doing that, and, and the story is taking place uh, with this guy. I didn't give him a name. Maybe we can come up with a name. But basically, he's he's a very middle-of-the-road student. Uh, not student, employee. So the, it's all scientists. Let's just assume he's a genius with a PhD, just like Peter Parker, just like Norman, just like all of them. But he's been like a two five survive sort of guy, right? It's like he got his PhD, but he was not the first in his class. Right? He got hired on his third application. You know what I mean? That sort of a thing. Mm. So he works at Oscorp. Um, you could use the first two issues to show lots, or the first issue, I guess, because by the second, that's the thing I don't like about, or I do like about, because of my like attention span. Comic books. People who love the movies take for granted. They're very fast-paced. I mean, you can tell the entirety of, like, Civil War, the movie, in six issues, which is really, really weird. When you're reading a book, like, you're like, one issue, no conflict. Next issue, holy shit, Punisher died. Like, it's weird. It, it's, <laughs> it's very fast. But anyways, 
you could use the first issue to show like you know him interacting with his coworkers, him interacting with peter all of a sudden peter's gone we know that he Spider-Man had to go do something. The, the, right, so this is focusing on this guy. Yeah. The, so maybe Spider-Man stuff's happening in the background. Maybe you see, like, a news report, or maybe J. Jonah Jameson comes yeah. on the... Yeah, on his podcast, like, the yeah. show. <laughs> on his podcast, uh, like, like, like the in game the game. Does. Yeah. yeah. So he, he's he's kind of doing his thing, but he's aware that, obviously, everyone knows, kind of like the Flash TV show, something's weird with this town that's just making villains do stupid shit all the time. We know it's happening in other towns for other heroes, but for some reason, New York's the focal point. So he decides to kind of, while being a scientist, focus on that. So you get kind of that um, Lois Lane tie-in. You get that kind of like... So he's, he's like, curious about yes, why I, all this I don't want him stuff be, happens. Right. But is he, like, like not like an intrepid reporter, but more like a conspiracy blogger sort of thing? Yes, more like, wow, shit is really weird. Maybe that this is why, but I'm going to stick to my life. You know, I'm going to mm-hmm. still do my thing. So the point is, what I want to be the main, let's say, you know, we're getting through it. The, the main lead-in is I want him to see, or, or, or not see, not see, not see. Yes, actually, take it back. I want him to see Norman Osborn as Green Goblin. That's the big thing I want to see. Whether it be Spider-Man and him fighting and, and he hears something, that would be all right. Um, or whether it be... Um, him breaking into Norman's lab. I feel well, like that's maybe, a little too detective-y, though. I don't. I don't know. There's there's a way you could do it without being detective-y. Right. Like maybe he. Um, maybe he has like a meeting or something with the higher ups or something like. Or like it, it's it's like a fairly standard thing. Like Norman is coming is showing to give like a speech or something like right. that for morale. It's not like a a very personal thing, but he leaves something behind. And this guy being like, I don't know, like it's something of Norman's. He goes to try and bring it back to him, but like accidentally catches Norman suiting up right. to be the Green Goblin. So, so here's sort of the thing. really important part of it. So that's, I like that. So he's doing work. He's presenting the work. Like Norman and, leaves his car keys on the table and he's just like, Mr. Osborne, you left in these halfway dressed no, up. No, Green so, Goblin. so that's what I don't want. So, so, he, <laughs> so, so yes, Norman Osborne leaves in a rush to go do something villainy. Uh-huh. And he's like, why would he why would he leave so fast? We're in the middle of something important. Like, fine, whatever. I'm gonna leave too. Like I'm not sticking around if he's not. He's that he's I want Oh, him that's to a have, good way. Like he just does it because he's lazy. Yeah. Like, he, oh if Norman Osborne's gonna duck out and no one's gonna yeah. care if I duck out yeah. for a smoke. So he so he he bows out and he's like, Let me go, you know, I wanna go find this out. I'm just gonna go walk up. And he walks over and he's in Norman's and he goes to doors open, he goes into Norman's office and then he's like, What the what nothing's here? This is where the difference is. I want him to put it together himself. Like, he looks outside and all of a sudden the glider's taken off. He's like, wait a minute. What? So he doesn't know for sure that Norman's the Green Goblin, right. but he's seen a lot of evidence that right. points toward it. And-, and I want to do that a few times. So the first time, something like that. The second time, maybe um, he hears Green Goblin talk and he's just like, wait a minute. So he, he says something that Norman said during the speech. Right, right. He keeps it sort of those little, and then, so what it does is I want him to deduce... Like a mannerism or a turn of phrase that's unique to him. Right, and I want him to deduce that Norman is Green Goblin without without ever giving it away. Because, and this is the important part of, of this character, is I want him to gain an almost obsession to the point where he's unaware if he should be condemning Norman Osborn or or 
championing him. Like, his life is rough, but not bad, so he has no reason to believe that a villain has the upper hand. You know, that's the usual thing. Like, the Joker of the movie did that. Oh, my life's so rough, the only option is kill people. I don't want that, but I also don't want him to be, like, the good boy who's like, Superman's doing the or Spider-Man's doing the right thing. I want him to have that moral dilemma of, like, this guy I've idolized, my boss, is a villain. Why? Like, is he doing what's right or is he doing what's wrong? A, a very traditional moral dilemma, you know, Spider-Man's with great responsibility comes great, uh, with great power comes great responsibility, and he obviously went that way. So, here's where it gets good. So. So we do want to establish that this guy actually, in spite of being kind of like a lazy middling employee, does actually look up to Norman Osborn. Yes. He looks up to Norman Osborn for his intelligence. Now, when he finds out he's Green Goblin, does that turn him to be like, oh my god, if he's so smart and this is what he's shown, am I doing that? Or, he's so smart, why is he doing this? And I want to leave that nebulous on, on right. purpose. I'm a writer of much better than anything I could ever come up with would do this. I want him to leave that sort of in the gray area because as he starts to fixate on it, you know, he takes it home, at work he's thinking about it, he's slipping up, he uh, decides to be like, well, let me find out. You know what? I'm going to figure out if what he's doing right or wrong. So he goes to talk to Osborne. Osborne's not there. Um, he hears like an explosion. So he runs upstairs and he gets onto the top of the roof, right? On the top of Norman uh, of Oscorp, I think it's called. Yeah, yep. On the top of Oscorp, you know, you have the traditional big antenna. You have all these different electrical components everywhere. And the important, the most important part of this is no, I'll get to that. Bury the lead. So he gets to the top, right? And it turns out up on top of the building, Spider-Man and Norman are fighting, and in Green Goblin, no one knows that Norman is Green Goblin in this version. Okay, because that's. It's always one or the other. Everyone knows and he's evil, and no one knows and he's doing it by himself. Right, because it is important that he's still running Oscorp. Right. And, like, Peter's still working for Oscorp. Right. So, Norman, Green Goblin doesn't know who Spider-Man is. Spider-Man doesn't know who Green Goblin is. All they know is they're fighting because good versus evil. Mm. So, he gets up there, and that's what he sees. And he's like... He doesn't know that... P I don't want him to know Peter is Spider-Man. He doesn't know that. All he knows is, like, Green Goblin's getting his ass kicked. Like, he's, this is not one of those, I've got the upper hand on you, Spider-Man. This is like, oh, shit, whatever's been going on, he robbed banks, he killed Aunt May, whatever. That's actually a really good question. What is Green Goblin's motive through this? What is so important that he's fighting Spider-Man right now? We'll build that in a minute, because okay. this is where the big, the big reveal of what I want is. So, um, yeah, we'll flesh out the story, because that's a good point. So... I want him to see, he knows, I mean, the, the history of, of, of Spider-Man and Green Goblin has obviously been going on. He knows Green Goblin is evil, but when he gets up there, Green Goblin is getting freaking pummeled. You know, Sp Spider-Man's never um, malicious, it's never like killing a guy, but I mean, he doesn't pull his punches, he'll knock you out cold. Well, I mean, yeah. Like, he like has to contain you. Spider-Man's, like, end goal in fighting the Green Goblin would probably be to, like, destroy his glider and get him webbed up. Right. That's so while thing. doing that, the perspective of this guy, let's get let's give him a name. What's a, what's a real, like, like just a first name? What's a real, just, like, uh, uh, middle of the road, uh, not, you know, you can't name him Enrique. You know, it has to be something sort of like, I don't know. He sounds like a Tom to me. Yeah, like a Tom. And, and you know, you could... Do the ongoing joke like, oh, I missed, you know, Thomas, how are you doing? Oh, you can call me Tom. You can do that over and mm -hmm. over again. So, sure, let's call him Tom for now. 
he's because of this dilemma he's been having over here or villain he's like he doesn't want to see green goblin get knocked out cold he doesn't want to see his stuff destroyed he doesn't want to see him hurt so in his stupidness he causes a distraction let's say he pulls the the cables on some shit you know like uh one of the one of the big because there's breakers on top of buildings and all that all the big generators and whatnot let's say he like throws a rock and it causes sparks so they both like freak out which gives green goblin just enough time to knock knock spider-man off the building okay in comic books that'd usually be like the pause on the fight no one won no one lose no one's life's in danger mm. green goblin goes his way spider-man but when spider-man gets knocked off the building green goblin spots tom and he's and he sees him and he because green goblin as we know is just evil there is no question in his head you know he he slides down let's say he's on his glider still he slides down and he's like kind of curious about what the hell just happened like could this guy be good because it'd be bad i'm sure there's versions of green goblin that have henchmen i refuse to believe that i'm gonna go with him as a one-man show so he almost he takes offense to the fact that this guy just stopped what was going on okay so he gets mad which scares tom as tom's running green goblin sets off a bomb throws Tom into a, into a breaker, and he gets just electrocuted the fuck out of. Now, the important part is, he's a scientist working on Oscorp. Green Goblin, let's say we went with kind of the movie-esque of, like, that super soldier serum-esque. Mm. Let's say he's working on that. I want him to have materials on him. Because this is what makes him him. Okay. He, he gets, he, he's up there just investigating the explosion, or the noise that other people didn't hear, you know, like a glass of water vibrating. So he goes up. Everything I said before happens. He's got all this equipment on him and all of these chemicals. Gets blasted by the Green Goblin because the Green Goblin tries to kill him. Like he just pockets a vial of something that he was working well, on because well, it's it's a very sudden thing. Yeah, like he's, he's just he's so, holding it. Like he's not hands. supposed to do it, but right. he's just like, uh, oh shit! Yeah, I gotta, I, <laughs> I've got to take off. You know, like it's in my hands. What do I do? He just goes. Mm. So, um, yeah, he he gets hit. All the electricity hits. And then he falls down, and Green Goblin obviously is like, eh, fuck you, and he flies off. Mm. And then you can do the super awesome, it's never failed in a movie since the 40s reveal. The body's laying there, and the eyes open, and they're glowing. Mm. And I want them to be glowing, like, golden, because this guy is... A thriller eyes? Thr not quite thriller <laughs> eyes, but, you know, he, he, he opens his eyes, and I don't want it to be malicious, I don't want it to be, like, scary. It's literally just as if he woke up. His eyes are open, and they're golden. And okay. the reason is, this character's name is the Golden Goblin, is what I called him. All right. We can come up with a better villain name later, but I love it. So he's the Golden Goblin. And from that point on, that's where me and Albert stopped. From that point on, my whole point of what I want to do with this, originally, well, I'll get to that. What I want him to do is, I want him to be at an eternal struggle with Green Goblin and Spider-Man. He's at a struggle with Spider-Man because, well, he's another Goblin, the Hobgoblin, the Green Goblin, like, this guy's a fucking bad guy. Mm -hmm. But he's at odds with Green Goblin because of what he's inspired to and also been afraid of. He's got to best him. I want him to be like, you, I saved you and you killed me. I'm going to overtake you now. Not as a villain, as a man. I want him to get that sort of like, go fuck yourself. Like, I idolized you, I, I fought for you, and I even saved your life. In his mind, I saved mm -hmm. your life against Spider-Man, and this is what you did to me. I don't know what superpowers I want to give him. I want him to have something. There is plenty of Spider-Man villains that have legitimate powers. I don't know what I would give this guy, but I want him to be sort of a mix between a Green Goblin and, let's say, like an Electro. 
I want okay. him to be kind of not electricity based powers, but you know, as far as like, is it like energy based things? Ooh, yeah, you could actually because you said like his eyes glow. I want him so. to glow because yeah, those chemicals and the electricity kind of imbued him with energy. Then uh, I think I've got a name for him. What? Jack O' Lantern. No, Jack O' Lantern is a real villain, and he can go through. Yeah, yeah. You don't know Jack O' Lantern? I don't know him. Okay, so he there's actually a really funny scene in Civil War. Um, I, uh, it's crazy that you didn't know this guy exists. That's even better. That's um, crazy. <laughs> um, uh, in Civil War, um, he's one of the people that um, Iron Man and all them release to like round up the villains. And you're like, what the fuck? The the they're working with villains. Anyways, he gets shot right in the face by Punisher. It's wonderful. But Jack O' Lantern is a real villain. He throws the pumpkins like uh, you would know from like a Sleepy Hollow type thing. Yep, yep. He actually is a villain, and he's corny as all hell. So. You don't want this guy to be quite that corny. No, I want him to be as ominous as Green Goblin, as Doc Ock, as Venom. I, well, Venom's not really ominous, but you know what I mean. I want his whole thing to be like confidence, but not craziness. So he's not the smartest guy, but let's say this accident enhanced him. So he believes that everything that Green Goblin does with his intelligence in the wrong way, he could do better. Actually, perfect way to exam- explain it that I want. Do I, I've told you about Superior Spider-Man, right? Uh, Otto Octavius switches body with Peter Parker. And uh, then yeah, while yeah, you in, told me about yeah, that. While in the body of Spider-Man, he decides, you know what? I can be a hero, and I can be better than Spider-Man. Turns out he can't. He's terrible at it. He's hurting people. Everyone's scared of him. It's, it just doesn't end right for him. That's kind of the vibe I want. Like, everything I did um, obviously got me here, and you didn't help. Let me show you why you should have. Like, I think that I think that would work. I think it would be important to show that he has kind of like a narcissism about him beforehand. Right. That may be what his laziness is. He thinks he's better than he is, just yes. a little bit. Not like like he's kind of condescending in a right. way. And and okay, so I like the idea of energy being his power. But also, what kind of... So, let's say he can fly on his own. He doesn't need the glider. But he's not, like, super strong or none of that stuff. So he still needs the goblin armor. I would say that the way you play this is that he he kind of has a similar power set to the green goblin. But he does it all with his unique energy thing. Oh, it's like built it's, into him. Instead of throwing pumpkin bombs... He, like, forms energy blasts with his hands yeah. and throws them. Instead of flying Instead of on a glider... He makes, like, an energy, like... Board or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah, he... Ooh, that's good. So, the original idea I had, and I kind of want to stick with it. So, I originally wanted this guy to be an anti-hero. I wanted him to be a Venom-esque. I, I wanted okay. him to be good, but also, like, in the way that's not preferred by heroes. But I want him to kill Norman Osborn. Okay. And that makes it harder to redeem him as an anti-hero. It's not undo. It's not you know impossible, but that's what I wanted. I wanted him to be like, he gets his powers. You know the great power. Actually, that's a Spider-Man theme forever. With great power comes great. Oh, of course, of course. So he abuses his. Spider-Man stopped before he abused his. He abuses it and then has to deal with the repercussions. He doesn't get to back. Well, because that's the thing is that he's not crazy. He's not like Green Goblin where right. he's just he's just uh, angry. Mm-hmm. He, he's just resentful. 
That's what I want. He's he, resentful and a little self-superior. Yeah. So, okay, I love the energy thing. That's perfect. And he can do all that stuff around him, and he can project. I want him to be able to project physical out of this energy. So his armor, again, is something he creates. I want him to have an, not identical to Green Goblin, but reminiscent. Let's, let's say, like, the Silver Surfer version of Green Goblin. I want it to look okay. like that. I want it to be smooth, but reminiscent of him. Um... Do I even kill Green Goblin right away? That might be for another story. That might be as it evolves. I only got to the point where he turns into the Golden Goblin. Yeah, I would say, like, this character, you would introduce him as a villain, but yeah. maybe with the intent that he eventually comes around to be a Venom-style anti-hero. You, you could also uh, make him be, because he's like that smug dude, just make jewelry his thing. He's wearing that gold ring. He's wearing that gold chain. Then he becomes the Golden Goblin from all this. It's just, it's not like, I don't want him to be blinged out like a 2000s rapper. I'm just saying, you make it known that he thinks like the precious metal. That could be one of the things he's working on as a scientist. Like that slightly off alchemy bullshit. Like, he, uh -huh. gold is precious. Gold is the precious metal. Gold is the, it's what is value. And he feels he's, he is that. Even though he doesn't <laughs> quite live up to it. Boom! Golden Goblin. All right. I freaking love that character. I mean, he does sound neat. Here's the, the tightrope you're going to have to walk <laughs> with this character, though. Excuse me. Yeah. How do you keep him from becoming Poochie? Poochie? So you know the Simpsons episode, Itchy and Scratchy and Poochie? I think so. Where they're like, okay, the, like, the writers of Itchy and Scratchy are like, there's... Like, for some reason, our, our cartoon is losing traction with the kids. Right. Let's introduce a new character. Okay. It's going to be the coolest character ever. This is Poochie. Okay. And the, the quote is, whenever he's not on screen, the kids are going to be asking when he's... Where's Poochie? Okay. How do you make this guy not... I just wrote a better Green Goblin and... Mm, true. True. I'm going to... I'm going to... Yeah. Okay, so I think the main way to do that is to come off of the cool guy. Like, especially, because like we said, maybe he's like a little bit of a narcissist a little bit. What if we pulled that back so he never once was like talking himself up? Because I did like that, but you're right. You would eventually come into like, the... it's a very 90s character, the way I think yeah. about it. And how do we turn it off from that? We have to give him, I get the biggest thing about 90s characters was um, muscles, power, like action. Mm. So we need to give him emotional stakes. Is, is, is what I would feel, especially in nowadays, like we were talking about earlier with Batman. That's kind of like the common thing lately in superheroes is like, how, how sympathetic can you make even the worst people because you have to give them motive. So how do we give this guy... I, I actually think I might walk back one of your things. I actually think killing the Green Goblin would not be a good That'd idea. That'd be too far? But okay. I think maybe putting him in a situation where he has the opportunity to kill the Green Goblin oh, would be a good idea. okay, okay, okay. But I think that the dynamic between him and the Green Goblin is too interesting to get rid of. We also could, we could, um, you could stop it with any characters. I have a few in mind. You could get him to the point of killing Green Goblin, but he doesn't stop himself. Someone else stops him. Spider-Man stops him. So that's the easy one. But I was thinking you could either have, A, one of the uh, Spider-Friends stop him. You could have some of the other characters. You like could. Miles Morales, who's not involved in this at all, just sees someone about to kill Green Goblin and is like, no fucking way. Or you could do it to where, and this has happened in all of these big rogues galleries, another villain is like, there's no way you're going to become top dog. 
Like, there's no way I'm letting you become top dog. And in doing that, and in seeing those villains fuck with each other themselves and stop him... Uh, Doc Ock would be appropriate for that. Yeah, Doc Ock's big thing is he has to be top dog, even though he never will be. So that would be a good one. You just see that metal... That would be a dope panel reveal, too. Mm. Let's say you're on, like, issue five, right? Or issue six, and, and they're fighting, and he's, like... Let's say he forms, like, a like a like like an energy-like spear, and he's just right about to do it, and then just metal arm, woof, knocks him right off the, sc- off the panel, just knocks him right the fuck out. That would be cool. And But that gives you twofold. One, well, you didn't get to kill the Green Goblin. Sorry. But he does have to deal, like, he does have to deal with the mental thing. The emotional reaction. I, I was there. Yeah. I could have killed Green Goblin. I would have killed him. I wanted him. to do it. Uh, if I hadn't been stopped, I would have done it. How do I feel about that? Yeah, then you can give him the stakes of no longer being the cool muscle guy. Mm. Then you can pull that back and be like, oh, this guy's a little little emotional sweetie. Well, mm. not quite that far, but you you know, you know, kind of you give him that. Like he gets a little scared of what he's become. Like, right, and you could even do, after that, anyone who, who uh, would have a better imagination, you can either go Redemption Arc, team up with Spider-Man, villain arc, fight all the villains to become top dog, or in the middle where he's like, I don't want to be a part of your guys. That's where you go. Oh, you know what would be cool with that? What if he stops using his powers, but his powers work in such a way where if he doesn't use them, it starts causing negative effects on him. It harms him. Like, he has to, like, actively contain the energy which starts hurting him if he doesn't use it. So he has no choice but to use it for good or evil. You could even show it in minor ways. Like, you could show him... Um, shooting a little energy blast to blow up a, uh, a Pepsi freezer so he can steal some chips and leave. Like, mm. Or you can show like a guy steal a purse and him like shoot his feet out from underneath him or him like move that, that, that uh, uh, what do you call it, manhole cover so the guy falls down. You could do it in like little ways to like get your energy out. get your mm. en- And you could even use those as ways of like what felt better. Like you did a lot of shit to s- both help you and others what felt better. Mm-hmm. Like, which drove you to keep doing it? Because you have to do one. You have to do something. Ooh, I like that. That's good. Green Goblin. That would also give him a real weakness that or could be exploited. Gold expo- Goblin. That would also give him a real weakness that could be exploited, too. Like, if he's ever put in a situation where he's kept from using his powers too long, he'll just explode or something. Right, and you could also have uh, uh, characters uh, feed on his insecurities. You could have people like Mysterio set up situations like baiting him what are you gonna do are you gonna help this grandma that's about to die from this car hitting her or are you about to rob that businessman right there neither of them are real it's mysterio but he can bait him he can give him that and then you can you can i mean if you wanted to have the killing green goblin moment you could have mysterio make him kill green goblin in an illusion and it'd be a turnaround that like, would be cool. You you still get the panel of him killing Green Goblin, yeah. but it turns out it wasn't for real. And then you can really hammer on the, how did you feel about it? Do you mm. regret this or not? That's good. Ooh, that's good. You could even have him, like, sh- like and, and the powers thing, you could grow and shrink as you need because this is he's brand new, he's lazy, and he's scared. You could have him go up against someone like Tombstone, whose skin's unbreakable. So he's like, "Get out of my way!" And he throws a bomb at him, and it doesn't even affect. It does, like he doesn't. It's not strong enough. Tombstone's like, "Are you kidding me?" And punches him out. And he's like, "I don't know what I'm doing!" And he gets real, like, <laughs> locked up in it. I mean, even someone like Green um, um, Doc Ock, who just literally is a guy in those arms. He's not. There's nothing to him. You could even have him be like, 
Because he would be smarter than Tom. You could even have him just outsmart him. So this is the last question I think I have about this. We've talked a lot about his relationships with the Spider-Man villains. What is his relationship with Spider-Man? So... I don't want him to know who Peter is, which makes it hard. I think that's fair. Which makes it a little bit trickier. It's like Spider-Man's going around stopping criminals. Well, I think with how we've characterized this guy, it would make sense that Peter Parker would be a non-entity to him. Right, right. Peter Parker's just some guy who he already thinks he's better than. And it would also be fair to say he listens to J. Jonah Jameson both for the humor, but also with a sense of intrigue. So he's like, Spider-Man tried to kill four old ladies. And he's like, OJ, come on. And he's like, Spider-Man left the scene of the crime. And he's like, why would he do that? You know, like he listens to it both for how outrageous it is, but also in like... like he doesn't a, believe that Spider-Man's a monster like J. Jonah Jameson right. is, but, but maybe there's something weird about yeah, him. Yeah, why is he... Sli- okay, so his, I would say his relationship to Spider-Man then would be that of avoidance. So... His 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 uncertainty of who he is as a as a hero villain, I think would lead to him like this wouldn't be a Spider-Man. Is there sort of a fear of him drawing Spider-Man's ire? Attention, yeah. He's like, I don't want you to think I'm good or bad. I don't want to team up with you. I definitely don't want to fight you. I've seen what you've done to people. Where do where that's his big thing. Where do I exist right now? Like where can I land? Because if I don't use so, my powers, I'm gonna get damaged. It, so you've got a character with very flashy powers who actively does not want to use them in a very flashy way. Right. Everything's gotta be low-key. Until and there's the, there's a part of him that does, because he wants to assert his superiority, but he's not insane either. He right. he knows that he knows that there are like he has to be come headfirst into right. the awareness of his shortcomings. Right. And this would be, I'm thinking of it right now, this would be an eight-issue miniseries like The White Knight. And the way I'd want it to end, the last two issues, so this is all one through six. Seven and eight, the way I want them to go is he uses his powers because it's building up too much. Like, even the little bit he's using it isn't enough. It's overcharging. So he, he has to start using them. And when he tries to use them in small ways, it becomes flashy. So... You know, blowing up that Pepsi cooler, he accidentally takes out that wall. And he's like, right. what the... F-? And in doing so, Spider-Man sees it and sees the guy run. Now, as Peter Parker. Now, he obviously wouldn't attack him. Peter doesn't just go after every villain for everything ever. He realizes that this guy is kind of... So I would end it. Issue 8 ends with Peter-Man... Peter-Man. With Spider-Man trying to... Trying to be his, this would be an older, like, 30-year-old Spider-Man. Trying to be his, not coach, but, like, his guide. Like, hey, man, yeah. let's talk about this. I, I let's, see, let's wrap. I Put see, the chair backwards. Right, right, yeah. I see where you're going, and I really don't want this to be bad for you. And, obviously, I don't want him to react, like, wonderfully to that. Like, oh, thank you. Yes, I'll be a hero forever. But I want him to take that and leave New York. Okay. I want the end of issue eight is like, you're right, I have to do something. I don't know what it's going to be. Golden Goblin, Glider, and he's just He just gone. ghosts Spider-Man? He ghosts Spider-Man, and where he ends up would be the next, so on and so forth, is he's in a different city, town, country, being either a hero or a villain. I haven't decided yet. Okay. That's for another day. But I do want him to have that let's rap moment with Spider-Man, that 
I see what you're doing. It's the exact same thing. Into the Spider-Verse did it with uh, old Spider-Man to Miles Morales. Right. I, I actually that. think what would be really cool about that scene, because this is the climax of your right. story, yeah, essentially. Yeah, this is the big... Is that Spider-Man gives him really good advice, and he even acknowledges that what Spider-Man yeah. is saying is right. Mm-hmm. But in the end, he can't come to terms with it, and he can't take the advice, and that's why he has to leave. And you know why I want that? I do want a mini fight scene. I want Golden Goblin to throw that energy ball and Spider-Man tried to web it and throw it back at him and it's energy, he can't. I want him to fly through the air and Spider-Man try to punch him and his punch go through the board because there's nothing there. I want just that brief inner monologue that happens in comics all the time of Spider-Man being like, holy shit, this guy's strong. Our character doesn't know it. I don't ever want to give him that much more hubris, but I think that'll add weight to the conversation of like, you can be good. I don't want to fight you because you're fucking awesome. You could be good. I think like what I, I I think what it would be cool to have for that conversation to end with like the scene ends with the guy going like okay Spider Man you're right I'll help you I'll uh, I'll listen to you like help me out here I'll do what you say but then he just ghosts him anyway yeah that's sort of like I'll, I'll see you tomorrow for lunch and but it's it's not like he's lying to Spider Man here it's like he understands that Spider Man is right. But he's not at a place where he can accept that He doesn't want to hear it. It's like when you just break up with your girlfriend and they're like, listen, man, move on. You're like, I know. But don't say that, okay? I need some... Yeah, okay. I like that. I like that a lot. And then the end of issue eight is him just flying off. And you could even do a little teaser of him, like, landing on, like, uh, you know, outside of Stark Tower. You know, you could have him, you know, flying and landing outside of Wakanda. Like, you could do some sort of tease, like, hey, we're going to see other people. But whatever. The point is... He's having a conflict. He knows he needs to do something. It probably should be a better thing, and I'm off. Okay. I love that. I do like it. I oh, like it. That would be good. That's the Golden Goblin. Tom, Tom Watts, because he was shocked, and oh, you can make okay. tons of, of, uh, of the singer's references throughout it. Tom Waits. Tom Waits' references. So Tom Watts is his name. Okay. I love it. That's great. And then you get, oh, yeah, that's good. Like, oh, yeah, he's electric to you. You know, oh, I'm looking at him on this meter, and he's doing 300 watts, and you're just like, ah. What? They did, because as much as we hate to say it, comic books are 100% built off of cheesy humor and wordplay. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's what they are. Tom Watts, doing it big. I love it. All right, well, I don't actually have time. This went longer than I, I yeah, did. Yeah, I knew well, mine would take a while, but I didn't think this long. Um, next time... I want to do more comic-orientated stuff. I said this to you before. I said this to everybody. Whether it's reading and talking about it, yada, yada, yada. I want to do more. I want to do Rick and Morty Dungeons & Dragons Part 2 because I read Part 1, so that Part 2 came out. Obviously, it was after we did uh, I don't Dungeons. have Part 2 yet. That's but okay. Yeah. You have the iPad. Uh-huh, you could uh-huh. get it on there, and it's on Issue 2. I think it's also only four issues, so it's already almost done. You know, we didn't actually talk in depth about Part 1. We just had a podcast about D&D. Right. Well, I didn't we, read we, it, We mentioned that. Yeah, we yeah. mentioned that offhand, but we didn't talk and discuss that, so that's still yeah. an option on so, the table. I want to do lots more comic book stuff, uh, and we'll keep rolling through it, and, and I want to talk about Rocky Danielson for Jeff. Oh, this is an... Oh, if you made it this far in the podcast, and you're one of my friends, because those are the only people who listen to this, I want to do more podcasts. Text me. Call me. Show up at my house. Everybody okay. always says it. Everybody always says, let's do podcast. And then the very rare times, admittedly my fault, that I'm available, all of a sudden they're not. And I'm like, I, mean, oh, I always show up. Yeah, no, you're always here. And that's why like nine out of ten episodes for the past two years has been me and DJ killing it. We got more movies to review. We've mm. got plenty of stuff to do. It's going to be fun. But otherwise, I think that's a good place to wrap it. 
we'll get to Rocky Danielson in the future. We'll get to my games I was going to play with DJ in the future. And uh, there's plenty more to look forward to. Okay. And okay. possibly more group movie reviews because we've been talking about doing more horror movies and I don't think we can wait till July because there's so many that we're all been talking about. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, this has been Men in the Machine. I am Kevin. And DJ. Thanks for that. And as you can see, over here we have the man of the machine.